y dos. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Y dos. Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC Livestream, the podcast. This show broadcasts twice a week out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC. Entrala de Puerto Rico. And on the show, we talk about art, creativity, city life. From a Latino perspective, I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. And this is episode 25, Painting Time. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. Please subscribe, rate, and review our episodes. And you can also find us on social media on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget on June 24th, I'll be participating in the Street Art Expo. I'll be sketching, signing, and selling original work. Uh, if you guys want to know more about that, go to streetartexpo.com. I'm also, I'm going to be using this event as a catalyst to relaunch my online store, cortezNYC.bigcartel.com. So stay following us and keep informed. Painting time. Let's paint. Let's paint. What I want to talk about in this art life is different paint mediums that I use. Maybe you guys want to start painting and you might not be sure what medium to work with. Maybe this little description of the different mediums can help you to decide what paint to buy. It looks like the oldest, when I'm looking these up, the oldest one is watercolor paint. It's the oldest uh, medium. Um, it says in the Wikipedia that this was even found in cave paintings. Watercolor is basically any pigment that could be suspended in water. Um, so any kind of pigment at all. It doesn't have to be permanent. Watercolor is not permanent. Um, that can be suspended in water and then you use the water to swish around the color to thin it down and you apply it, you could you apply it with your hands or you could apply it with a brush, anything you want. If the pigment is not poisonous or toxic, you know, then that makes the watercolor even more useful across all mediums to, you know, do anything safe, you know what I mean? Um, compared to some of the other mediums that we'll talk about which might be more toxic, like oil paint. That makes sense, though, because yeah. that's the way people basically left left their message in back in the caves, and that's the only way they could find something to paint on the walls of the caves. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I also found that there was some oil painting that dated back to cave paintings. Some caveman took some oil poppy seeds and mixed yeah. it in with pigment and used that to apply the paint. Yeah, but. Yeah, if you're talking about just what's the bare minimum that you could find mm -hmm. in nature and then you're not a scientist and you just need something to paint on, mm -hmm. you, even if you grab mud and just take uh -huh. mud that has a certain color and it's raining, so you put it in water and now it's mud, it's not just sand, and you just rub it on the wall, that's a painting. That's watercolor. You know, anything that has, anything that gives off color and that you're using water to dilute it ends up being under the category of watercolor. Mm -hmm. um, obviously later on, you know, they got more sophisticated over the years and the pigments got more sophisticated and more specialized. I think watercolor is what we all first get introduced to painting with when you have that little watercolor set. Yeah, that's like, true. It's like the six. Yeah, for the kids. Yeah, because yeah. it's safe. Uh -huh. You can buy Crayola's non-toxic exactly. watercolor uh -huh. and you can paint anything and you know that it'll come out in the wash because it's watercolor. Uh-huh, uh -huh. so. that's true. All right, so that's watercolor. Um, I, I think the challenges with watercolor is um, watercolor is very light. Um, 
it doesn't tend to be very dark and opaque. It's translucent. It's transparent. So that makes it very uh, light to the to the eyes. And what you can tend to do is you tend to go over the same colors again and again and again to try to make it heavier and more opaque. But it's not going to get more opaque. And what you end up doing is you end up getting muddy colors. Mm-hmm. So th- that's the trick of watercolor. Also you gotta go from light to dark and you whatever marks you leave whatever color you leave on the on the paper it's kind of like that's it like you can't really remove the color or go over the color that's another part of the medium that you have to watch out is is um maybe how how you want to use it right like what's the final product you want to present yeah, yeah like you have to have your stuff sketched out so that mm-hmm. you can know what colors to lay down ahead of time right and then also the balance of water to pigment is another thing sometimes when you people get into watercolor for the first time they struggle because they put too much water Mm. onto the surface and that can cause problems where you start to destroy the paper and and you get no color and you're getting just a lot of water Mm -hmm. it's tricky that's why i think a lot of people you know you start with watercolor and you spend a very short period of time on it and you move on to other mediums because there's so many better mediums to work with now than watercolor um so the next medium that i'll talk about is a step up from watercolor which is gouache paint the word gouache is french this is one of my favorite paints for paper number one it's opaque it gives you a nice flat matte finish if you've ever seen an original gouache paint you'll notice that the colors just pop at you under the light and it's because it's it's matte it absorbs, it's absorbing all the light. There's no reflections or anything. So you're really just looking purely at the color. Mm. It's so flat if you lay it down properly that you really are seeing the pure pigment. You're not getting any shine or anything. It's, it's just pure color. Gouache paint has about a 600 year history. It's not as old as some of the other mediums. Um, I guess there was a revival in, in watercolor paint. They wanted to upgrade the old watercolor medium and they invented gouache. You know, and, and that became a popular medium. It works best on paper, just like watercolor. It's a it's a water soluble medium. It's not permanent. Uh, it's you know it, even after it's dry, it might be dry to the touch, but if you put water to it, it'll reactivate and, and fall apart. So you have to spray it with something to kind of coat it so it doesn't and wash away. The positive thing with gouache is that you can get that opaque color. So you can really premix your colors, and and if you want a subtle tint you can get a really solid, subtle tint. And that's good if you don't like that transparent look of the watercolors, then gouache is more of the paint that you're gonna enjoy. I think the challenge is that you can, you have to be careful how much paint you put on the surface because if you put too much gouache, it'll start to cake up and start to flake off. Um, so you, you have to find, you know, you have to learn to lay down in even coats the color that you want until it builds up and then gets to the point where you have the flat color and then once you have that that's it you have to stop and you have to develop that sense of that um, another positive thing with gouache is you can do a complete sketch in pencil and cover it cover your sketch with the paint so you don't have to really worry about you can go over since it's opaque you can go over your sketch you can go over some little mistakes and things like that you don't have to worry that whatever mark you did is permanent and you never you know you can never undo it um, the good thing about gouache is that you can go over some of those small mistakes that you make. Um, also, you can do a light sketch in watercolor and go over that light sketch with gouache. That's another positive thing about gouache is that gouache can go over watercolor. 
Um, so that would allow you, if you were really good with watercolor, to do some quick sketches, do some quick layouts, and then go back and finalize it, go over it with gouache and get a nice rich painting. Another good thing about gouache is that you can mix it with color pencils. Mm. It plays nice with color pencils. So if you're, if you're working on paper, watercolor and gouache is the mediums to work with. And on top of gouache, because it has a matte finish and like a sandy finish, you can still use color pencil on top of that and they play well together. And that's something that is a little harder with, with let's say, acrylic paint or oil paint. You can't really mess with mm-hmm. color pencils. So that's another positive is that you can intermix it with other dry mediums. Uh, chalk, if you have, or pastels, you know, you can mess around with that and inc- incorporate that with gouache uh, in an interesting way. All right, so now we can move on. Uh, the next medium that I'm going to talk about, which is one of the oldest, aside from watercolor, is oil paint. Uh, the oldest known oil painting is from 650 AD. Um, they're saying that it was just basically some walnut and poppy seed oils mm-hmm. with pigment. Oil painting that we all are familiar with is like the classical period oil painting where it became really popular to do uh, very detailed, realistic paintings, right? right? That's that's what we all got introduced to oil paint with. Is Historically, that's when it blew up. The reason that oil paint was so popular at that time period is because oil paint is the medium that dries the slowest out of the mediums that we're talking about. It has a permanent finish and it dries slow. And what this slow drying time allows you to do is it allows you to blend the colors better than any other medium. Whatever type of oil base you're gonna be using in the pigment allows you to kind of swoosh the paint around and the pigment around and not let it not let it dry right away. You can mix those pigments really subtly and it's so smooth that if you really become an expert at it you can get such a smooth blending that it tricks the eye and it allows you to see things in like it's an actual form in front of you when oil paint was first being used i'm sure that it was a lot of like earth tones and things like that um in modern times oil paint can be found in all the different colors that you want and all the different pigments which is a bigger additive to the value of oil paint what people don't like about oil paint is that it can be toxic some of the pigments can be you know I'm, I'm sure that companies have gotten rid of some of the toxic pigments but in general people avoid it because you're working with thinners uh, if you're working with thin uh, some sort of paint thinner to thin down the oil paint or some of the pigments that might get into your skin the popularity has gone down amongst the general public mm-hmm. you know for gallery work and things like that yeah people still they'll wear they'll wear gloves they'll do whatever they can to like continue to work in the traditional way with oil paint but it's not as popular as it used to be oil paint also because it dries slow allows you to work on a paint over a long period of time if you if you use plenty of linseed oil in it you can have a painting that maybe doesn't dry you can leave it up and work on it you know, over a couple of days and, and it'll still be fresh. Once you finish an oil painting, it's not fully dry for like two months, three wow. months. Yeah, like fully dry, you know, like it'll be dry to the touch like yeah, yeah. in a month and a half. But with all the paint that you use to create a piece. It's... Exactly. If, you, if you're really caking, caking on the paint, laying it on thick, it's going to take a long time for it to dry. It's going to take at least three months to dry solid. Because it's so permanent when it dries, you know, it can be preserved and can be restored 
um, there's methods to restoring old oil paintings. So it becomes a time capsule. You know, it it's becomes a permanent piece that can be retouched and, and restored for in later times. That's something that you can't do with watercolor and you can't do with gouache. The tricky part about oil paint, um, I think is the drying time. So the positive thing is that the drying time is slow, but then other people, they have a hard time with the slow drying process because they'll end up either smudging the paint, smearing the paint, uh, maybe going over things and ending up like with muddy colors because it's, you lay down a color, let's say I lay down some blue, right. and then I change my mind, I wanna lay some you know, green on top of that or orange on top of that. You know, the, the blue stays alive. Mm -hmm. So if I, if I start laying on other colors, I'm gonna start mixing those colors and it's gonna start to get muddy. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes when you're working with oil paint, if you change your mind, what you end up having to do is wipe off the paint. You have to actually scrape it off and wipe it off with uh, with thinner to and remove it clean and then start again if you want to do that. Um, with other mediums, let's say acrylic paint, you can paint right on top of it. If you change your mind, wait 20 minutes, it's dry, and then you paint right on top of that. And you can keep going color over color over color with acrylic paint. And you'll never see the colors underneath as long as you keep going over it you know, enough with enough layers. Oil paint also has a better texture, a handling of texture. Because you can lay it down thick, you tend to see the, the paint sitting on top of the canvas if you lay enough layers on top. You can do the same thing with acrylic paint, but it's not really meant for that. Acrylic paint, when you paint, it dries very flat and close to the surface because mm. um, it's, it's plastic, so it kind of clings to the surface. Uh, oil paint sits on top of the surface and it tends to be a little more dimensional if you lay it down thick. I like that the medium is so versatile, you can thin it down with paint thinner and you can do light glazes and build a, a sketch up with light glazes. And then once you know what you're doing, you can start laying down thick paint. I like that you can pre-mix your whole palette, that you can grab a little bit of oil paint, mix it with some linseed oil, then extend it and make more paint out of that little color. There's just a lot of, a lot of uh, I mean, some of the techniques like glazing, impasto. Impasto is when you lay it down thick, like with a palette knife, mm -hmm. um, so that you get just pure color but caked on it almost feels like uh like you're laying down a color chip like a, almost like a mosaic you know if you lay them down you know uh, a lot of different knife strokes of color um and then the, it gives you the illusion from a distance that you're seeing the colors mixing but they're not you know they're separate little dabs um i think the variety of techniques that you can use with oil paint that's what i like about oil paint i feel like oil paint makes uh painter feel more like a painter <laughs> i don't know like because it yeah. is so traditional right yeah in a way it does it, it is like this is the the original method that people used to um use back in the day and now i'm doing it and i feel you can feel more more connected to the whole process of painting i, I yeah yeah but i mean but, but then you also you'll see that some of the subject matters that like if i do an oil painting of graffiti which i've done You don't really see the difference because it's it's graffiti, so it's no, modern, yeah, uh -huh. and it's but it's done with oil paint. But I guess it's a feeling for the artist. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, no, it's it's 100 different, and it brings you, it ties you to the history of painting mm -hmm. more than some of the other mediums. 
It's like a classical guitar, right? Like right, if you pick right. up an old, uh, an acoustic guitar, a classical guitar, and it's and it's old and weathered, and it just reminds you of something old. Right. Um, is much different than an electric guitar. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's oil painting. Um, so now the last medium we're going to talk about is acrylic paint. Acrylic paint is actually a new medium, a relatively new, new medium. I think it's the newest one on the list that I have here. Acrylic paint really started coming into play in the 1930s. Um, so it's not even 100 years. And acrylic paint basically is the same thing as the other pigments of oil paint, let's say, the same colors, you know. It's just that it's in, a, in an acrylic base, in a plastic base. That's the, the medium that's holding the pigment together. Um, obviously, back in the day, we probably didn't, we didn't have acrylic, you know, it's an mm -hmm. artificial material. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't have that medium. Um, so I remember my teachers t telling me about acrylic paint and I would ask them, why do we still use oil paint if there's acrylic paint? Because acrylic paint is water soluble. So you remove all the problem of, of the oils and the paint thinners and all that. Acrylic yeah. paint, you can squeeze it right out of the tube and water it down with actual tap water. And you don't need any oils or paint thinners. You don't need anything toxic. Um, for the most part, acrylic paint is non-toxic for the most part. I mean, you don't want to swallow it, but it's not going to over, over, you know, there isn't enough research to know, but it's not damaging you through your skin mm -hmm. the way that possibly oil paint could. Um, acrylic paint is also as far as we know acrylic paint is permanent it it's own it's not even 100 years old so we can't we don't know if it's going to last centuries uh -huh. the way oil paint has uh -huh. but as far as we know it's permanent because if it's a plastic substance right you know plastic lasts forever so all these oil paintings that you're seeing all over the place all these pop paintings they're going to last forever we're going to have them with us for the rest of our lives uh. yeah um the color is just as vibrant I guess for the price as well, you know, because it's a cheaper mm -hmm. version, it's cheaper to manufacture, and it's more accessible to more people. And I think that's what made an explosion when, say, in the 1930s, once, you know, acrylic paint came to the market, it made people more able to paint and paint for hobbyists to paint. Right. So acrylic paint is a paint that I think most people, when they get into paint now, end up after watercolor, they end up going in acrylic paint. I think that's a, the usual transition that you learn with you learn just to handle the brush with watercolor and then your parents buy you a set of acrylic paints at the hobby store um, because it's water soluble, you know. Yeah, and even in school, um, I remember when I was uh, like in elementary school and we were just uh, taking an art class, which was part of the curriculum, but it wasn't because we were studying art. It was just because it was like a elective or something like that. And we used to paint with acrylics, and then it was like color pencils and acrylics, and then yeah, that's it. That's I, the most. <laughs> I mean, the, the good thing about acrylic paint, for, first of all, acrylic paint and oil paint, you can use them on canvas, you can use them on wood, you can use them on, on different porous substances, right? Mm -hmm. Acrylic paint, um, because of the finish that it has, you can use it on paper, you can use it on everything, you could use it even on clothing. Um, acrylic paint is, is a substance that, being a plastic paint, that is very versatile. It can be used across many different mediums. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know why we still use oil paint, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> when I think about acrylic paint, I'm like, I really don't know why. I still don't know why we it's use... It's like uh, paint 
homage to to the the artist ancestors. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, but acrylic paint is is from our generation. It's from our time. It's like I said, it's under a hundred years old. So it's the paint that we should be using because it was made from for our time period. And uh, but I think a lot of people do use it, and they use it. They have different thickener like things to thicken up the paint, so you it can give the appearance of oil mm -hmm. paint different glazing substances that allow you to give it more translucency if you want to do that mm -hmm. um and i think acrylic paint the fact that you can even put it through an airbrush right you know i've used acrylic paint through an airbrush um that's another thing like airbrushes didn't exist back in the day so you know using acrylic paint for that um and it makes it that you can use it exactly in any any um Surface. Super, yeah. Yeah. Surface. Pretty much any surface. I mean, if you're going to do it on metal, that's when you're going to have uh -huh. to get into enamel paint, uh -huh. which is another subject. Spray paint, enamel <laughs> paint, and alkalates and all that. Um, but yeah. But I, almost, I, all, uh, almost yeah, every. Practically every porous, every porous substance. Acrylic paint is, a, I think, is the paint that I recommend for people who want to work big also. Like if you're going to work on a mural or a large canvas, people tend to use acrylic paint cause, because acrylic paint is house paint uh-huh yeah that's another thing acrylic paint started it entered the market as house paint and then eventually the, they upgraded the the quality of it to make it an artist paint so it was like a house paint that eventually the art market took seriously and said well we can use this for fine art mm -hmm. and now you will you'll see that there is fine art that is made especially with the pop art movement silk screening and all that kind of stuff where acrylic paint is a permanent staple in fine art and it's taken seriously as a gallery, you know, material. Yeah. Go paint. Culture talk, Carla. Okay, what are we doing this time for Culture Talk, Carla? Well, we are kind of reviewing the movie Chrono Crimenes. No, okay, we are reviewing the movie. Okay, so we are reviewing the movie. We're just not going to summarize the plot. Exactly. That's why I say. So it's not going to be our typical, our typical review where you get minute by minute, hour by hour um, <laughs> explanation. It's not going to be like that because then it makes no sense for you to watch the movie. We want you to watch the movie. Well, for, specifically for this movie. So this, this movie is a, the genre of this movie. It's like a thriller. Yeah. Mystery thriller. Sci-fi. So... If we talk about any of the plot details beyond just the beginning, it's gonna you're gonna lose the point of even watching the movie. It's yeah. one of those movies that once you know what the movie's about, you might watch it twice or three times, but then by the third time you're like, Okay, I already know where it's going, why watch it again and again and again. Exactly. So to say it one more time, the movie it's called Chrono Crimenes or in English Time Crimes. Time crimes. Yeah, that's the way it was released um, in English was Time Crimes. Okay. Uh, and it, so the movie's called Time Crimes. It's from 2007. Um, it is, I'll give you the summary, the plot summary, the spoiler-free plot summary from <laughs> IMDb, which says, Hector is an ordinary man who's moving to a new house with his wife 
One evening, while he's looking through his binoculars, he sees a naked girl in the woods. He decides to go there just to find that the same girl is lying on a rock. Suddenly, a man with a pink bandage covering his face stabs Hector in his arm with scissors. And that's it. And that's where the mystery begins. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my plot summary okay. <laughs> is pretty ahead. much the same. It's pretty much... It's, a, it's mysterious. The movie opens up with a, a mysterious vibe. Uh, the scenery, everything's just very ordinary, but weird. Like the music is a little weird. It's a little mysterious, but it's an ordinary thing where a couple is just moving to a house in the wo- like in like a very remote location. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just a very normal couple, right? They're like uh, yeah. flirting and, and being yeah, loving to each like other. and the unpacking. excitement of moving into a new house. Um, they're unpacking, getting everything ready. Another thing about the movie at the beginning, I feel like, so it was using the natural sound yeah. of the environment. So let's say if they were moving something into the house or if it was in the woods, so you can hear the trees or birds or whatever was around. And I feel that was very smart because then it, it started to create an atmosphere of Nor- of normalness. Normalness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes you. Yeah, they don't. They don't play up too much music. Mm-hmm. Um, when the, once the music kicks in, it's it's brought in more for the thrill. Exactly. For the thrill element. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and then like the the early the the very beginning of the movie, they're moving in. These things are happening. They're the guy goes out the husband goes out into the backyard he sits down he starts looking through his binoculars like just looking at the environment around just killing time daydreaming and then he sees a girl in the woods Mm -hmm. and he sees that she's like she's stripping and she's taking off her clothes he takes she takes off her top and then he's like not letting his wife he doesn't want his he's kind of he's embarrassed He, he wants to stay quiet but he wants to keep watching this girl stripping, but he doesn't want his wife to know. And that begins to make you feel like uneasy because you're like, well, th- what's up with this guy? You know, exactly. you, you start judging his character. And then the guy decides to get up and go into the woods and kind of see what's up with this girl. And you see the underlining there? You see? Why the guy had to go to see a girl that he was getting naked into the woods if he has his wife. He didn't have to go and go to see what was going on there. He could have just let it be, whatever. Well, maybe she's with the boyfriend. Maybe she's doing something. Well, whatever. She's crazy. Then we can we can <laughs> say I agree with you, and we can say that that might that little element might be the metaphor for the whole movie. Exactly. Which is the, the I think the whole subject of the movie is when you when you open up a can of worms when you go curiosity killed the cat when you go looking Mm -hmm. for trouble you're gonna create more trouble la curiosidad mató al gato exactly and Mm -hmm. this and this guy that's the metaphor right out the gate right in the beginning of the movie is that he sees this person in the woods uh getting naked and then he has to go and try to keep peeping and then he wants to go and find out what's going on and he goes it takes a walk and then to try to cover up everything that he's doing he ends up opening up a bigger can of worms and he gets up he get he goes into this big rabbit hole of like craziness, craziness and we that we don't want to spoil no <laughs> uh i okay so i mean talking about the movie try, avoiding any spoilers but talking about the movie so we said it's a it's um it's a mystery right it's a drama it's a thriller and it's a sci-fi um 
it's definitely you know i can tell you the sci-fi element is time travel and it's a little bit of a spoiler but hopefully it won't ruin too much for you yeah no i don't think so i think that um you have to watch it to see exactly how it happens and then also i think that it's not a spoiler i don't know I, well, I mean, for me, when I first saw the movie, because it has this weird Sp Sp Spain kind of movie and it's, you know, in Spanish language and it's mm -hmm. the cast, you know, we were saying the movie looks kind of dated. It looks a little bit like yeah. from the 90s or something or from the 80s, yeah. um, even though it's from 2007. Because, and I think it's because the cast, like the, the main character is not a very attractive person. Uh-huh, that's the, true. The, none of the cast is really attractive people. Even no. the girl that gets naked, is, you know, she's attractive, but not like a model Crazy, or anything. Yeah. She's not like Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. a very normal looking girl. Yeah. So I think it makes it look a little dated. It makes it look a little ordinary. Um, the footage, the copy that we saw online, you know, it's, it's, it makes it look a little out of date also, mm -hmm. you know. But I think when we first get into the movie, you get this feeling that you're getting into a, a weird, surreal kind of movie. Like the Almodovar right. type of movies. Exactly. Where you don't know what you're... Are you going into a different universe? Are you mm -hmm. going to a different subconscious of mm -hmm. the guy? Are you? Is he dreaming this? Is this all not really happening? Yeah, because it starts so normal. Like, everything is just normal. It's just a couple in their house... And even their their um, conversations and the way they talk, it's just so normal. It's like a documentary. It's like you're seeing a documentary, a documentary of two people just talking to each other. Correct. And then once he gets into seeing the naked woman, and then like you're like into this weird, seedy, like secretive kind right. of because you're like story. Uh -huh. Then it starts feeling like one of those. One of those foreign movies. Yeah. And then when, once the whole thing snowballs into the, you know, the, the real plot opening up, you know, you start to think, are, is this guy losing his mind? Is he imagining all this stuff? Mm -hmm. So for me, that I don't want to emphasize so much the, the time, uh, the, the, the sci-fi time travel element, even though it is that. And in the title, it says the time crimes. Mm -hmm. But um. But it's a, it's a little bit of a surprise. If you don't know too much about the movie, it's a little bit of an interesting surprise because it keeps you guessing what's going on um, until they start to reveal that it is, you know, right. this time traveling thing. Um, the director of this movie doesn't have too many... He doesn't have too many movies under his belt. He's got a lot of writing credits. Mm -hmm. uh, but his movies are mostly... He's got a lot of short films. Um, but I think he has a, a very open imagination. We were saying a lot right. of his stuff is kind of on the more on the edgier side mm -hmm. um he made a movie called colossal which i saw it's an english language movie uh i forgot i think there's a comedian in it it's kind of like a comedy slash fantasy hmm. uh drama and i remember that when that movie came out it didn't it didn't get such good reviews because i think it just had too many it was too weird And uh, it had too many elements that threw people off. Um, I think the characters weren't in that movie colossal. The characters weren't so interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that defeated the movie a little bit. But So the director has a lot of different credits under his belt. This movie in particular, Time Crimes, Chrono Crimenes, I remember when it first came out, I remember hearing about it through reviews and it got me curious But I think the reviewers did a good job of 
they basically told you the basic story right. without telling you too much. And when I went to look into it, I got really excited because I was like, wow, this is really different. This is not what I imagined it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's... And, what... it was be- and it was being reviewed by Americans, actually, as a foreign film. So it was an American review, an English-speaking review, talking about it as a foreign film. And it, and it got me really curious. I was like, wow. I... Um, I think that's what happens a lot, to, at least for me, to me, with, um, let's say, this type of foreign movies as Almodovar. And this particular movie was very interesting to see because it was a very different plot. Even though there's some elements that maybe we can see in other sci-fis. Yeah. It wasn't treated the same way you when you see other sci-fi movies. I think the editing. Yeah. Also, the, so this movie because it has it uses time travel. Spoilers. Because it uses time travel, it it does a good job of using tra- time travel in the plot, and it, the writer really interwove all the different scenes, which made it. I could imagine it must have been a nightmare to film and to edit. Yeah. Because because you're using a lot of different time periods and you're intermixing them all and you're connecting them all very well. So as far as time travel movies, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with, let's say, Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future is a movie that's known for its use of time travel throughout three movies and how they interwove so many scenes in, in all these movies well and it's yeah. one of the examples that people really hold up for time travel movies um i, I think i would say that was something i was going to say this movie chrono Crimenes, it reminds me of a mixture and i'll i use these examples and maybe this guy this might help you guys to understand what the movie is like imagine if you mix an alfred hitchcock movie like an old uh like let's say psycho or there was another one i think um i forgot the name of the other one but there Say if you mix the movie Psycho from Alfred Hitchcock, you mix that with Back to the Future, and then you mix it with a touch of the movie The Prestige. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that movie, but The Prestige is a movie with about magicians. With uh, it's got Hugh Jackman and uh, mm. Christian Bale, yeah, Scarlett Johansson, um, and that movie. If you mix The Prestige with Back to the Future with an Alfred Hitchcock movie like Psycho. Put all those movies together and you'll end up with this kind of vibe of this movie, Corona Criminis. Mm. Um, it's very well written. The, the time travel element is very well written into the story and it and it really keeps you guessing and it it teases you along to solve the puzzle. Yeah. Right? The mystery and the thrill element of it, it just keeps teasing yeah, you, you along. Keep, you keep going with the movie and you're like, okay, so what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? When? Yeah. What's going to happen yeah. next? Yeah. No. And the, and the okay. So without <laughs> spoiling stuff, because I know <laughs> I we want to talk about anything. it. But um, yeah, no. So in the movie, there's several elements and I think that's good writing, but there's several parts of the movie that, that resolve and they resolve things. Mm-hmm. The, so there's key, there's key scenes that open up a can of worms and make you feel like, oh my God, shit just hit the fan. This is horrible. How is he, how is he going to resolve this? Yeah. And then he goes through the struggle and he goes through the story and then he resolves it. And you're like, okay. And then another can of worms opens. So it, it's a continuation. Like they managed to tease you along 
that once he resolves one problem, he's got to resolve another one. And then he's got to resolve another one. And then he's got to resolve another one. And it keeps going. And it keeps going. And then but towards the end, you're like, well, how is this ever going to come to a conclusion? Like, how is he ever going to finally close this problem that he opened up? Um, and I think that's where the Back to the Future element comes in. Where that movie, Back to the Future... Carla, have you seen Back to the Future? No. No. You got to watch Back to the Future. Yeah. I know it's not really from your time, but it's a time travel movie. So you can go back in time and watch, right? <laughs> no, but it, it's... a. Uh, it's it's more comedy mm -hmm. so back to the future is more time travel but with comedy mm -hmm. and it uses it well it, it uses the storyline well and, and the way they intermix the characters throughout the time periods and how one problem leads to another is done very well and i think this movie chrono crimen is i didn't know when i first went to see it that it was going to be that way right and i think that's another reason why it surprised me it was a pleasant surprise because i i didn't know what to expect from this foreign movie and it ended up It ended up being really time crimes about yeah. crimes in in different times and, and and I think also the movie with the characters shows you a little bit the personality of Spaniards in a way because the way they talk yeah. and the way they communicate is different than yeah, yeah. if you see an American movie when they talk and they communicate and how they react in certain situations. There were some that's a situations... Good, that's a very good observation, Carla. Yeah, there yeah. were some situations that you, you as an, let's say, as an American viewer that you are used to seeing American movies, you would think, like, why they're so relaxed about it? Uh -huh. Why they're acting like this is normal? Like, they can just continue to live like this and that's fine yeah but then you don't understand their view of the problem that maybe after living it and reliving it they're okay with it yeah no i agree i agree and i um yeah i think i think showing the showing these characters and how they communicate mm -hmm. and and you don't know what to expect from them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know um if this movie was done i mean if they were to remake remake this movie in english it would be a disaster ah for sure because it is what i'm it saying would be a it takes out yeah, yeah, all yeah. the personality if this was done in english it would be a, a complete sci-fi yeah it would be a, a, a scientists and and technical yeah, yeah. things <laughs> and it would be horrible i'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah 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 Um, but all right, so I think the scenery was great. Also, the the setting they yeah, they the, chose the, yeah. to do the movie was perfect for it. And also, how they handled time travel wasn't science heavy at all. I don't think they even explained how it works. That's that's why it's like uh, magic realism because it <laughs> seems so natural. It seems yeah. like so like oh well. This, this thing just happened. Yeah. And who cares? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, so, Carla, your final review. You recommend it? What do you think? Yes, I, I do recommend it. I think you should watch it. Um, we found a copy online that has subtitles in English. Oh, okay. Yes. So, you can just watch it learn a little bit of spanish um i think it's a good movie for you to open up your eyes to sci-fi in yeah. different languages and in different countries true and the way that they treat it and the way that is connected to the society kind of 
of that country. Yeah. If it makes sense. No, it makes sense. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I definitely recommend it. I I've seen this movie now three times. I think I don't know if I'm gonna see it a fourth time. Nah. <laughs> I think I would have to take a break from it and maybe in five years see it Watch again. Watch it or something again. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. It. I think once you know the once you know the spoilers, once you know the the you know the gist of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you kind of see it maybe once or twice. I and think then the, you need time to detox yeah. and then come back. To- yeah, I think the second time I, I really enjoyed it because I got to see, you know, all the connections mm-hmm. from the beginning and be like, oh, man, if he would have known that or if he mm-hmm, would have known this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the third time, yeah, this is my third time. And I think the third time I'm already like, okay, I, I see it. I, I already know how the pieces come together. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's why I was very... I was like, let me not spoil that for anybody. Let's let's let them enjoy it. But I do recommend it. I recommend it. Um, I think the pacing of it with the subtitles, even if you don't speak Spanish, reading the subtitles should be fine. Yes. The yeah. pacing is good. Um, sometimes in in like if you try to watch a horror movie in Spanish, it's very difficult mm-hmm. because the the scare will come before you read what happened. Exactly. <laughs> be like, ah, oh, I'm scared, but what happened? Yeah, and then you start reading. Oh, he said this. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think the pacing is good, so it's not going to throw you off. Um, so, um, yeah, I recommend it. Time Crimes. Grown up eight minutes. Go check it out. You wanted me to teach you, right? Street reality. Hablando español, Carla. Hablando, hablando, hablando español. Hablando, hablando español. We should. So fun. Okay. Let's start with pigment. How do you say pigment? Pigment. Mm-hmm. Wow, now you're trying to really twist me, huh? Pigment. Pigment is uh, pigmento? Yes. Ah! You're such a <laughs> show. Que show eres de verdad. Es un show. Pigment, pigmento. Okay. Next one, um, diluted. Oh, shit. You're really trying to get me. I paid attention to what you said. Diluted. These lose something. These. You're almost there, but not this. Alright, I don't got it. What is it? Diluido. 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 Mm-hmm. Diluted because it's already. Diluted. Diluido. Diluido. Okay. It's not that it, to do it, it will be diluir. Diluir. Once it's done, diluido. Diluido. Okay. Diluted, diluido. Okay. Like Next one. Translucent. Wow, you really fucking with me. Translucent. <laughs> wow, I've never. No? No. Translucent. Trans. Trans. It's very similar. What is it? Translucido. 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 Trans- because of the light? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Translucido. Translucido. Wow, I've never said that. Mm-hmm. Translucido. Okay, good. Okay. Next one. Transparente. That's what I was gonna I say. I said it in Spanish. Transparente is so, transparent. Yeah. Yes. I would have okay. had it. That would have been. That would have been yeah. easy. Transparent. Transparente. Yeah. Uh, next one. Medium. Medium, meaning like the medium of the paint, the, mm-hmm. like the type of paint, medium or paint medium medium is um medio yeah 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 medio just sounds weird yeah i know even though it's literally medium y medio but yeah 
Pero es yeah, all right. medio. medio Ok, next one Opaque Opaque, opaco Yes Yeah, it took me a second Opaco Opaque Next one uh, Pastels 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 Pastels, pastels, pasteles, ¿no? Yes. Yeah? yes. Uh -huh. Pero pasteles son para comer. No, son bizcochos <laughs> para comer. Pasteles son para comer. Y los pasteles son los que usa. No. Ok. Next one, chocolate. Pero pastelitos. ¿Qué? Pastelitos no gustan. Tú no le dices pastelitos. Past al Don't you guys have a thing like that in Puerto Rico? Pastelillitos. Pastelillitos. Ok. What are pastelillitos? What is that? Los pastelillitos de guayaba, los chiquitos. Ah, all right. Okay. Next one, chalk. 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 There you go. Chalk, tiza. Yes. Yeah, chalk on you, tiza. Next one, oil. Oil is olio. Not aceite. Oh, that's right. You're right. Not aceite. You're right. Ay, wow. Ah, ya me ibas a decir aceite. <laughs> Ah, Carla, bendito. Well, but Score one el for Cortez. Score one for Cortez. It's made up of Cheers. oil, which is aceite. I'll drink to that. Okay. Oil, oleo. You're right. Oleo. Next one, blending. Blending. That one is tough. Cheers. Blending is... I don't know blending. Mezcla. Oh, really? Yeah. Mezcla. It's the same. Blend. Because okay. you're blending, blending mezcla. So mezcla, we talk about mezcla in on another episode with the guillotine cuts. So we have two types of mezclas. Ah, uh, yeah, but... All right. Yeah. Yes, it, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean... No, no, no. It, I, it is. It because is. there's another type of blending, which is like... It's like a fade. To fade, which yeah. is difuminar. Dif difuminar? Difuminar. That sounds correct. Difuminar for is for blend. Because I I know blend with the term difuminar because of makeup. Of course. And that's what blending is. Yeah. Difuminar. Difuminar. That's better than mezcla. Okay. That mezcla is more like a mixture. Yeah. But a blend in when it comes to colors and blending t tints and shades and right. colors and tones, that's difumi difuminar. Difuminar, all right? Okay. Next one is acrylic. Acrylic? Yeah. Acrylic, acrylico. Yes. Yeah, I got that. Next one is time crimes. <laughs> Why do you even bother giving me the title of the movies? You know we know them and by the way, English is fun. Chrono Crimines. Time crime. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Good awesome. job. <laughs> okay, and the last one is time travel. Oh, I don't know that. Time travel? There's a word for that for time travel? It's a phrase, but yeah. Really? Yeah. Time travel. Okay, what's time travel? Viaje en el tiempo. Literally. That's what they say in Spanish when you yeah. talk about time travel movies? Yeah. Viaje, viaje en el tiempo. Viaje en el tiempo o viajar en el tiempo. Viajemos, vamos. Vámonos.
All right, another one done. Another one. And another one. What? You know who's that one, right? Who's that one? DJ Khaled. <laughs> El que no le gusta, ya tú sabes, hacerle cositas a la mujer. What? Oh, wow. Pero hablemos wow. de eso en otro episodio. <laughs> well, shout out to Khaled and J-Lo and Cardi B with that. Dinero. What? Yo quiero, yo quiero dinero. Dinero, eh. dinero. Dabe, dabe, dabe. All right. Um, so next episode is going to be episode 26, politics. Um, in art life, I'm going to talk about political art. And on Culture Talk, we're going to be talking about why Trump is bad for Latin culture. Which he is. Mm-hmm. And at the end, we're going to... Hablar Español. As always. Nos vemos. <laughs>